Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Murder. Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up, y'all? Hey. Hey, everyone. Episode 110. Can you believe it? That's insane. I feel like there's a million. I mean, I know there's yeah, not. I'm, well, I mean, there's extra because Patreon. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like we've been doing this forever, don't you? I do. I really do. And I got to... Um, I'm a little happy today because you're alive. Yeah. You, uh, you had a day yesterday. Monday. Or Monday. Yeah. Uh, you almost died in a car accident. True story. You, <laughs> yeah. on I-80, which is the worst expressway in the United States, mm-hmm. you got clipped from behind and swung around. Well, so I got clipped from behind and pushed to the side and sideswiped a pickup literally from my ass end to the front end, spun, and then went back into the car that clipped my ass end to begin with. Right. He ended up in the in a uh-huh. ditch. So I I was driving and then I was spinning. That's yeah. what I So yeah. you're alive, you're a little sore. Uh yeah, I was not on my phone. Let me throw that out Thank there. Thank the Lord because I, that was my first thought. I plug in these assholes were taking the over under on whether or not I was going to be unit 1. <laughs> no, on the way home, I I plug in my phone to charge. Yeah. I put on a podcast and I put the phone like in a in one of the cubbies. Yeah. So um yeah, but uh that mm-hmm. had to have been uh Scary. I've been into a few wrecks and hit a wall. I have and, not. Yeah. So I've been to a million and seventeen crashes, but right. not part of them. It, you know, it's it's frightening, isn't it's it? It's terrifying. Like your your life really does flash before your eyes. I literally was driving, and then I was spinning. I had no fucking idea what happened. I right. had no idea. I was driving. Listen, I was listening to Bailey fucking Sarian. Yeah. And then I was spinning. And. It could have been so much worse because that expressway, it, like right there, is terrible. I was doing easily 70. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. I always do. I mean, pick, like, there's so many semis. Like, I am i can't believe, like, another car didn't smash into yeah. you. No, there were three of us. Two of our cars had to get towed. The one guy drove away. Yeah, I saw that. So... Um, but our nephew, Josh came to the rescue, drove me again. Yeah. Yeah. Drove me and Jax to the, the scene of the crash. The cop, the state trooper was, he was great. Great guy. Yeah. Awesome. Couldn't ask for a nicer guy. So they're calling it a no fault accident because when 
the cop got there, the three of us that were involved, it was just, it was three cars, three drivers. Right. The cop asked all of us what happened and all of us went, we have no fucking idea. Like, <laughs> right. we don't know. It just happened. It just happened. So it's a no fault. So ev- yeah. everybody's insurance company pays their own. Nobody, like, and we I'm all, not going to pay anybody's. He's not going to pay anybody's. And we all live within five minutes of each other. And we all have the same insurance. Uh-huh. And this happened in <laughs> um, this happened in New, New Lenox. So this was right. like almost a half hour from home. Right. And we literally, yeah, we all live within five minutes of each other and all have the same insurance. Yeah, that's crazy. So. But um, thank God you're okay because. It, it was terrifying. Uh, you, not, I, I think. What we were talking about was when you called me, the first thing I asked was What's wrong? What's wrong? And you were you were already up there. Yeah. And, and I, I didn't think, even say hello. I, I didn't think say a fucking be- word. I think it's because I always call you on the way home. You know, and it's funny that you say that because Craig and I were talking today and yeah. I said he immediately Craig are my boss now. Yeah. <laughs> um immediately I said he picked up the phone and said, What's wrong? I said, I didn't even say hello. He's like he always calls you though. You never yes. call him, so he probably figured your sugar or something was I, fucked I, up. I did. Yeah, I did. But that was the first thing, and like I could tell in your voice. I didn't say anything. No, but when you did, yeah. you're like, everything's okay. But I, I was in an accident. Like, oh my god. Yeah. You know, but that's what I thought. Like your sugar mm-hmm. was dropping or something, and you needed me to pick you up I, somewhere. Yeah. I was driving, and then I was spinning. But you are okay. Yeah. You are okay. You are alive. Yeah. Now, this comes after. (laughs) And it's our brand new fucking car. Brand new car. We got it in September. Yeah. Uh, I just went back to work after being bedbound for a week with fucking RSV. Yeah. Because I would get a baby disease. Right. Uh, I got sent home from work on Thursday and went to bed and did not move until Saturday. No, you woke literally up. did not move <laughs> until Saturday. Up, like, Hello, welcome to life. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I even then on Saturday I woke up and I was like, all right, I have to go shower. I got in the shower. I couldn't even rinse my fucking I hair. No, you were you were cried. Sick. Got yeah. more tired from crying and took a five hour nap. Yeah, <laughs> you were pretty sick. Yeah, but it's been going around, and I got sick too, mm-hmm. and I I was pretty bad. We you had know, to cancel I, a trip. We had to cancel Columbus. Mm-hmm. You know, my ears got plugged up, yep. and I knew I had an ear infection. Yeah, right away, and I went to the doctor. She took my temperature. I had a fever, mm-hmm. which I had no clue. Mm-hmm. Got diagnosed with a double ear infection and a sinus infection, I so I was pretty pretty out of it for a day or two i had a fever for a week straight literally a week straight you did i had five days of 103 yeah and like 103 with meds right i was rotating every time i would get up to pee i would take medicine right so i was i was miserable like i couldn't even oh you were explain the exhaustion i felt bad um you you were cranky but you had every right to be i i couldn't even like malaise is not even close to what it was like i was exhausted yeah you you were very i couldn't cranky, fucking hold but, my head up yeah i finally went to the doctor and she's Thank like god what the fuck is wrong with you guys and i was like I, dude i don't know if i fucking <laughs> I know. knew we're we have, always fucking so, sick we have the same doctor right and I used to work with her, actually. Yeah. So I've known our doctor for quite some time. And if I'm coming, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I'm sick. Yeah. 
So when she saw me, she was like, God damn it. And I was like, I, I know. <laughs> but I made her day when I came in. She did. She said she I teared walking, up when she saw you walking. Yeah, walking so good with yep. my walker. But that was a good day. It depends mm-hmm. on the weather. Yeah. If it's cold out, I'm achy and I'm not yeah. walking like that. Well, she was just excited she couldn't hear me from the front door. Yeah. Like last time. So. Yeah, true. Yeah. So I'm finally over that. And I didn't die. You didn't die. So we uh, are good, babe. We are good. (laughs) Baby Jesus still hates us, but we are good. So the 9th. So today's the 13th. Yeah. The 9th, December 9th, 12 years ago on December 9th, I got diagnosed with cancer. Yes. Um, I ain't dead. Didn't die from that. You didn't die from that. And And the 13th. Is today today and it's our wedding anniversary it's our wedding anniversary as soon as you got diagnosed and discharged I, we got married the next day i i knew what mm-hmm. i had to do and we yep we went to the courthouse and got married yep like so, the day after happy anniversary happy baby anniversary i love you i love you i'm still mad at you though because Why? the day we got married he so our daughter was there, obviously. And yeah. he's like, you can't walk with me because I'm no. supposed to be at a robbery trial. Yeah. And I'm going to get in trouble. So, of course, she's running down the, the court, you know, the courthouse. <laughs> right. Murphy! Right. I wanted to wear jeans. And yeah. you were like, my mom will have a fucking stroke if you show up to the courthouse in fucking in jeans. jeans to get married. Yeah. What is she wearing when she gets there, Mark? Jeans. Fucking jeans. <laughs> She got out of the car, and I looked at you, and I'm like, "You motherfucker!" I know, I know. But what then are you we went to do? a bar and a strip club that it, night with like 15 God, other people. Goddamn right, that was great. Goddamn right, yeah. that's the way to do it. Yep. God, there was a ton of people there. Was there? I, yeah. I don't. I don't remember. I remember going to the nudie bar, but I. I don't do you remember? remember that was the night that our song became our song, because we were all in the car driving from the bar to Club O singing. Uh, I don't remember. Yes. Yes. And if... if I do remember. If, I was going to say, if either... Yes. If, if any of them that were in the car listened to this, oh, they're going to know my immediately. God. That's how yeah. our song became our song. That's right. Mm-hmm. I do remember. Yep. Oh, man. It's coming back to mm-hmm. me. That's awesome. Yep. That's so awesome. My hair... I was having a great fucking hair night, man. <laughs> that I remember. I don't know. I guess I look good. I don't know. I was. I was having a great hair night. Oh, thank you for this monster. You're welcome. It's hitting the spot. I really like the sweater I wore that day, too. I remember. It was like an off-the-shoulder one. I don't remember what the fuck I was wearing. Today, I had on jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. With my, my wooby. Well, after the week you've had, I think, you know, you're yeah. entitled to it. Yeah. Uh, I went to get out of the car this morning, and I'm like, ugh. God, my so- car. Yeah. Oh, you better have taken care of my baby. I get my rental tomorrow. Yeah. I did a thing with the rental. What'd you do? What'd you do? I wish you guys could see me smiling. You upgraded. I did. Oh, my God. How much is it going to be a day now? Like $7. Oh, okay. Calm the fuck down over there. I'm, I'm going to calm my tits. You're going to be but... so pissed when is, I pick it up. Is it badass? Yeah. Oh, you... What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Babe, what the fuck? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why I had to get the time change. What did you for. get? What do you think I got? I don't know. I'm thinking like a Corvette or something. No, ew, no. God, I would be so claustrophobic in there. Well, well you're Ugh. a soccer mom van. 
I did not get the soccer mom pan. Oh. Because you're a soccer mom. I am. Mom. I love the Pacificas. Yeah. I love They're them. nice cars. They're and really that's, nice. And originally, I was going to upgrade to a Pacifica, and you were like, nah, you don't need that. Nah. Listen, my life flashed before my eyes, and part of the good part of my life was driving the Pacifica. So maybe I wanted to relive that. Right. So, so what did you get? Uh, you're going to be mad. What? Just say it. I got a truck. Oh, you got a pickup truck? But I didn't just get like a Colorado. What'd you get? It's either going to be an F-150 or Silverado. Oh my God. <laughs> Dear Lord. I got a motherfucking slap you in the forehead with my soon-to-be boner giant fucking truck. Oh my God. I... How big is your wiener? Oh, dude. <laughs> the boner I have right now is not even funny. Oh my god, babe. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a giant fucking truck. When I called and I was like, "So if I upgraded?" Cuz you know, the Pacifica was like 20 bucks extra a day. Yeah. I'm like, "What if I got a truck?" And she's like, "A little one or a big one?" And I was like, "Go big or go home." Oh, go big or go home. And yeah. she's like, "Oh, it's like $7." I was like, "Oh, yeah, then you had to." Sold. Yeah, you had to. I'm well, like good for you. Freak! I because you're gonna have it for a month. Twenty days. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll have it. I'm already like it's re- it's reserved for twenty days. Yeah. I mean, right it's gonna bat. take that long to yeah. fix our car. It's supposed so. to go to the body shop. They have to call the body shop is supposed to call me to tow it to the body shop. They're how, gonna call me to set it up. So how long is that? Even I don't know. Gonna I'm gonna be? call them tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. But babe, I like. I'm probably going to have a boner the whole 20 days. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Oh, I'm so excited. You deserve it. When she told me $7, I was like, oh, ma'am, if I could jump through this phone and hug you. (laughs) Good for you, babe. I'm going to drive around and prove that my balls are bigger than most. (laughs) You going to rub that engine? Oh, my God. I'm going to be such a dick face driving it. (laughs) I cannot fucking... You're already a dick I hope the windows are tinted so I can be a complete fucking douchebag and then roll up next to these fucking idiots and show them that it's a girl. (laughs) You're going to have fun with that, baby. I'm going to get out and slap you in the forehead with it. Oh, you're going to have fun with that. I'm so excited. I'm picturing what I want. Yeah. So I know what I want. It's probably going to end up being like... My dad had a Silverado. Yeah. And it was, it was like dark blue, but it was like, you could tell it was like an old guy's truck. Yeah. Which is hilariously fine. I don't, I don't mind. Oh, while we're speaking of that. Yeah. Guys, I married my father. Yeah, yeah. We went to see Leah last week. Yeah. At Doc working. Watson's at her place of employment. Right. Which is a great smokehouse. Oh, amazing. If you're in the area of Romeoville, it is the place to go. I took a picture of Mark and Jack's and then looked at the picture and immediately my stomach was in my butt. <laughs> and you saw it because you, you were like, what I the know. fuck is wrong? And I showed you and you were like, huh. I was like, I look like your dad. It's my dad. Yeah. To I look, the I, point. I look identical to your dad. I went and showed Leah and she says, oh, is that a new picture of Papa Joe? <laughs> no. Well, they say you, now, you marry your father. Now, Papa Joe died in Oh, nine. Yeah. Okay. Now, I've, I've been saying for how long that you yawn like him. And yeah. I know that sounds stupid, but ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Guys, the older they get, the weirder they fucking yawn. Oh, I yeah. don't know why. It just, well, one day you yawned and I was like, oh my God, that's my dad. Yeah. Where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> right. 
And then I took that picture. Oh my, oh. I sent it to Lynn, my stepmom. Yeah, what did she say? She went, holy shit. <laughs> and then I sent it to my aunt, who is my dad's sister. Right. She, I, all day, she's like, this is so creepy. This is so creepy. And then she side-by-sided you guys. Yeah. And I was like, I, oh, like this isn't funny. <laughs> it's, it's like he superimposed his face onto your face. Yep. And I went, oh, sweet Jesus. Mm-hmm. I showed everybody at work. They I was agree like, too. Guys, I married my dad, and they're like, "Oh yeah, they see that." Blah, 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 blah. And then I yeah. show them the pictures, and they're like, "Oh my god, oh, you, you married, married your dad? <laughs> right. Like you legit married your dad?" <laughs> right. It 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 was fucking creepy. Yeah. It was real creepy. It, it was. Even it was. you saw it. Oh, I saw it too. And yeah. normally you're like, ah, no. But nah. no, I, I yeah, with the beard and everything, yeah. Oh fuck, man. Yeah. That was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess my brother was worried about me yesterday. Was he? I was like, really? Because he doesn't like me. Why would he worry about me? Yeah. Did he call you? No. He talked to mom. Oh. Because you know that's why mom came here. Yeah, to check on you. She fucking made some excuse about dropping off chocolate chip cookie bars or some shit. She wanted to check on you. Yeah, she just wanted to come here. She's so sweet. She called. She just got a car from the same dealer I did. Yeah. So I was like, Ma, can you call the Kia dealer and find out what we got to do? So she did, and then I ended up calling to get the tow truck, and the lady was like, oh, I just talked to your mom. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay. Are you sure? And yeah, I was the like, dealership yeah. has been they were great. great. And I was like, so what do I do now? And she's like, honey, you have been through enough. Oh, yeah. You go home, and you rest. <laughs> right. Okay. You sit, on, you sit your ass yeah. on the couch, and you do nothing. My girls know me too much, too. Yeah. My girls, little, little Jackie was like, because you know we have our messages she said are you okay and i said yeah yeah and she's like no i don't want the jamie answer i want the real answer yeah are you okay and i'm like i'm fine and she's like "Mm mm-hmm we'll see tomorrow well i'm sore you know you feel like you're in bed truck next day so i walked in she's like uh excuse me pal and i'm like what she goes i thought you were okay (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, this is okay. And Kate right. was trying to explain to her, like, you feel like you got hit by a truck. Oh, yeah. She said, but Jamie, like, literally got hit by a fucking truck. So, right. Yeah. And I was like, I, no, I promise. Like, I'm fine. Yeah. But I am walking like I have a stick in my asshole. So. Mm, something in your asshole. Yeah. It's mm. not comfortable. No. <laughs> well, was your phone going off? No, that's yours. I put mine on oh. all the way silent. You always think it's mine. It ain't mine. I'm going to see who talks to me. Oh, my Nobody. dad. Oh. Who yeah. looks like Ric Flair. Yes, he so does. So you look like my dad, and your dad looks like Ric Flair. Yeah, let me just text him. I love you, daddy. He, I love your daddy. He cracks me up. He really does. Yeah. Oh, he's hilarious. Dude, the, the best statement I have ever heard that man say, you had literally just coded. Yeah. And he looked at me and went, when I'm the most normal person in the room, <laughs> There's a we problem. have a fucking problem. And I looked at him and I was like, I I agree. Like, <laughs> right. I agree. And he's like, we're fucked. Mm-hmm. Sure are. Then he helped me figure out if the glow-in-the-dark Virgin Mary actually glowed in the oh, dark. Oh, yeah, that he, fucking Virgin he Mary. He was like a two-year-old. I was like, Steve, that thing glows in the fucking dark. And he's like, I bet you it does. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sure it does. He's like... You want to go in the bathroom and find out? And I'm like, fuck, yes, <laughs> I do. You guys are like two-year-olds. Yeah. I was like, yeah, let's go. 
looked like uh, a fucking bat coming at you. You guys are like two-year-olds. What else were we doing? Staring at you. <sighs> Don't die so, while we go see if this actually glows yeah, in the Yeah, right? Dark. Thanks for yeah. checking on me. <laughs> we weren't far. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, all right. Well, episode <sighs> 110. Yeah. Um, before that, um, let's talk about our next Patreon Which, by episode. the way, sorry, guys. Uh we had Patreon issues last yeah, we week. Did. We don't know what the deal was. We got locked out. Patreon was able was able to like kind of guide us back on. But for a few days we were uh we were locked out of yeah. our account for some reason. Sorry. But, Mark uh, probably fucked something up. Yeah, I probably did. But no, we're back on now. Um our next episode is gonna be the twenty seven club. Yes. I am so excited because mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people know the origin of the 27 Club. So there's a lot of musicians in the 27 Club. Oh, yeah. And then there's like a whole other side of it of the actors. And that I don't know. I'm just doing musicians. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, But a lot of people, I don't think, know the origin of it. And it is fascinating. I'm I'm very excited to hear it. I mean, we've already done Kurt Cobain. Right. But who's part of it? Right. There's... um, there's a guy, a jazz musician, who explains the origin of it. But the way that he explains it, oh my God. The descriptions that he uses. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's it's going to be good. So yeah. if you want to become a Patreon, mm-hmm. www.patreon.com forward slash death do us part, the number one. Not um, O'Neaters. Yeah, not O'Neaters like we've said before. That joke is probably stale now because we've we've said it so many times. Low hanging fruit doesn't matter. Yeah, right. But uh, Patreons, you're in for it. It's it's going to be a great episode. So get ready for that. So we have an interesting case that you know nothing about. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go ahead and say it? We are doing the case of. Candy Montgomery. Dun, dun, dun. Which, it's a pretty popular true crime lately because HBO just did a special and someone else did a special. Yeah. <coughs> With Jessica Biel. <clears throat> oh, yeah. She ne- played, wasn't that on Net- Netflix? Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, And her husband made an appearance as like a cop or something. Oh, did he? So, yeah. So there were two. And then uh, Elizabeth Olsen mm. was in another one. But the one with Jessica Biel, like... The people I didn't I didn't watch it, but yeah. the people that are in it compared to the real life people, holy spot on fuck, really oh, yeah oh yeah like spot a uh, creepy spot on no shit yeah, yeah. so oh, that is creepy yeah yep mm, all right well I'm in for it I'm gonna be learning my lesson all right you guys are I'm fastening my seatbelt rip right. baby. Candace Lynn Wheeler was born November 15th of 1949 um, in either Georgia or Lucas, Texas. It depends on who you ask. Oh, okay. Um, Sure. Yeah, I know. Her father was a radar technician in the Army. So she was raised as an Army brat and moved around from everywhere to from Maryland to Texas to Paris in Germany and then back to the United States in Washington. Fancy. Yeah. So her mother described her as a tomboy playing, quote, boys games. There was an instance once in France where they were running around her and another kid 
and the base was not like completely done with construction. Yeah. And she fell and cut her face wide open. Oh, fuck. She had to be taken to the emergency room. And when she was crying in the emergency room, her mother told her, don't make a scene and shushed her. What the fuck is that about? Well, it comes back. Okay. It comes back later. So just uh, Mm. earmark that. Yeah, that's kind of harsh. So um, Candy was easily bored and constantly wanted excitement. Uh, One day as a teenager, she ran away because she had nothing else to do. Um, Thank you for putting those on. Did you see the comment? One of the pictures, they were like, it's weird to see your eyes. Yeah, I know. Because I realized all our pictures, you have sunglasses on. Right. Yeah. Weirdo. I know. I'm glad you do, though. Creepy Um, eyes. She tried to get engaged at 16 just for shits and giggles. Mm. And her mom was like, yeah, uh, no. no." (laughs) And she was like, cool, because he was kind of boring anyway. It's like, Mm. nah. So, um, Candy would end up back in Texas. In January of 1970, at the age of 20, she moved out on her own for the first time. She was working as an admin assistant at El Paso Times. Um, She decided then that she wanted to get married. That's what she wanted to do in life. She wanted to be a housewife. That was her career. Not a mom so much, much, but but a housewife. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So she went on multiple dates, didn't really find anything special. didn't but, connect. Right. So she ended up moving. Her rent went up. She got a new job. Um, she started working at... Uh, did I write it down? Oh. Shit. Probably not. Good job. Yeah, I know. Good job. So, Fail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So while she went to this new job, she ended up working um, with a woman and her sister. Yeah. Who... Uh, the woman had a son. His name was... Pat. Well, his name was James. So, he was an electrical engineer from Dallas. His name was James Pat. They called him Pat Montgomery. I don't know where the fuck they got Pat out of James. Yeah. How how does that happen? Well, whatever. Sure. Um, Okay. So, Pat's mom was like, I have a kid. You should meet him. He's great. Oh, all right. Getting the hookup. Yeah, except they went on a date and... Candy said that it was excruciatingly boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they ended up having essentially a long distance relationship. She stayed in El Paso. He stayed in Texas. They yeah. would exchange cards. And El Paso is in Texas. So El Paso to Dallas. Oh, okay. Because Texas is fucking giant. <laughs> yeah, but the way and you said what did it, I it say? was. It, El Paso to Texas? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Dallas. Okay, Dallas. Dallas. El Paso to Dallas. There you go. That's, yeah, that's a drive. So they would exchange cards and letters and calls and weekend trips. So it sounds like they're dating forever, right? Yeah. They're not. Um, Two months later, Pat proposes. Whoa. hey yo. Two months. Yeah, it's a little quick, but. Have you guys ever even, like, stayed the night somewhere together? Right. Yeah. So they got engaged, and very shortly after, on October 6th of 1970, they were married. Wow. I have to turn the pages gently. Yeah, the mics are picking up everything. We're using your computer because mine took a, a shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's picking up everything. I'm trying to be as quiet as can be drinking my monster. Cause it's, you're not, though. Oh, fuck. You're never, no, I'm saying in general. I haven't yeah. heard you right now, but okay. you're just not 
a quiet drinker. I, I'm not. You're I, not. I slurp. Obnoxious. <laughs> I have a wet mouth. It's fucking obnoxious. <laughs> but I've noticed, like, it's just men. I have a juicy it's, mouth. It's, stop it. It's men, though. You guys all drink your fucking monsters and cans the same way. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's kiss later. No. Um, so Candy and Pat ended up moving to Boulder, Colorado. And every time I would like write that down, I would think of the Garth Brooks song. What's she doing now? Because yeah, he says she moved to Boulder. Oh. And where she's now, I don't know. Oh. Yeah. That's what, I don't know why it makes me remind. Uh, whatever. Little Garth Brooks. Yeah. So Pat finished his degree uh, at the University of Colorado. That's why mm-hmm. they went there. Yeah. Candy fucking hated it. Um, the weather was terrible. The altitude was terrible. Oh yeah, I could believe it. She only wanted. But to, it's beautiful though. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. She only wanted to be a housewife, but she ended up having to get a part-time job at an insurance company while they were there while he finished school. Yeah. Um, in September of 1972, their first child, a daughter by the name of Jenny, was born. Jenny. And in 1973, they moved to Richardson, Texas. Mm. It's funny that you say Jenny that way because I was trying to explain, like, falling asleep in the ambulance. You got a Bubba Gumpet. Yeah. <laughs> and this kid looked at me and he's like, you got a what? Sit back to back. And I said, you got a Bubba Gumpet. I said, you've never seen Forrest I said Bubba and Force. It was raining. Yeah, you they would back sleep. Back. Yeah, they would sleep against each other. One would sleep while the other would watch. Yeah, I said you got a Bubba Gumpet. Yeah. So when you're sleeping, your partner needs to be awake and vice versa. And he's right. like, I've never seen that. Oh my god. That's because all Newbie. of you are young enough to be my children. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for that, Dick. So, Pat took a job at Texas Instruments. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I did not know that Texas Instruments did more than calculators. Do they really? Yeah. I didn't know that Oh, you either. didn't either? No. He went there what, to what? work on top secret military projects. What? Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, you don't make a $97 calculator? <laughs> right. What do you do there? That's all I thought they and did. really, the only thing that we did on that $97 calculator was spell boobs. Spell boobs and hell. That's it. <laughs> Still I'm would gl- do it. Right. I, mm-hmm. I would do it too. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, Texas Instruments, they do more than just uh, calculators. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I had yeah. no clue. Because he, he, I mean, he was an electrical engineer. So, I mean, he was, he was pretty fancy. Oh, yeah. Fancy, you know, so Fuck I figured yeah. he was doing more than making calculators, but. I guess you never know. Damn. Um, so in October of 1974, their second child, Ian, was born. Now, Candy had always said that she wanted eight kids. But whoa, she never really... Whoa, I know, whoa, I know, whoa. I know. She never really factored in a husband, though. Like, she just... She wanted eight kids. So and, you're going to take care of eight kids yourself? Yeah, so... No. She ended up getting her tubes tied after Ian. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, thank you. Same candy, same. (laughs) It's okay. So in 1977, then, they moved to Wiley, Texas. They were very well off. Yeah, oh, I bet. Pat, like I said, was working as an electrical engineer at Texas Instruments, making $70,000 a year. Oh, nowadays? In 1977. It's got to be close to 300 grand. $323,000 a year. Do you like that? I you do. like you how close? Very close, yeah. I was close on that. That was a really good fucking guess. Yep. Dick. 
Damn. Suck in I'm that I'm surprised vein. by that. Thank you. Sometimes I surprise myself. You, didn't, you guessed. <laughs> I did. Yeah. So, um, while neither one of them were religious, they decided to start going to church for not only their kids, but for this, a social, the social benefit. Yeah. Wiley's a small town, you know. Yeah. So they ended up joining the First United Methodist Church in Lucas, Texas. It was here that they met the Gores. Ooh, the Gores. So now on to Betty. Ooh. Betty Eileen Palmeroy was born on January 9th, 1950 in Harper, Kansas to Bob and Bertha Palmeroy. Bertha. Bertha. That's such an old name. It is. She was active hey, in... Bertha. <laughs> make me a sandwich. Um, what did I see the other day about Large March? She would have been like 84 or <laughs> Large something. Large March. Yeah. Like she would have been 84 or yeah. some shit. I got to find it. Yeah. yeah. So she was active in school plays, uh, was a member of the student council and was a popular kid. She dreamed of being a teacher. I will say it every time. Teachers deserve to be paid millions. 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 Ten millions. They should be fucking saints oh yeah as far as i'm concerned how they do it i you guys I, you guys are angels i feel like you should be allowed to not only beat your own children but you should be allowed to beat other people's children oh yeah and apparently that is frowned upon so <laughs> yeah just a bit yeah our sister-in-law will be like yeah i'm doing this craft with the kids and I, I'm like, what god you're just a better person than i am oh my god you're such a better yeah, person like so much of a there's better no person. fucking way no Mm-mm. There's no fucking way. No. She's she's great. Yep. I'm not. It, no, you're no, not. And I'm a, not. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. And honestly, I mean, I'm okay with it because for the crafty stuff, she's like, just drop jacks off. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's so, she's so fucking smart, though. Yeah, she is. The kids are lucky. Yeah, they really are. Like, Leah had math homework one day, and she came in crying. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Call Aunt Jackie. <laughs> right. I sent Aunt Jackie a picture. She sent it back to me 10 months later. Done. Yep. I don't math. I, oh, and you think I math? Mm-mm. That's what I'm saying. Don't even. Don't oh, even, my God. I couldn't get past Algebra 2. Don't even call me. Aunt Jackie. Yeah. That's where it's at. Call her. Yeah. Thank you. Jesus, Frangie. <laughs> thank you, baby Jesus. Oh, you, baby Jesus. We know you hate hate us, but thank you for Aunt Jackie. Yeah, for real. And then their other aunt has a master's in math. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, baby Jesus. So, Betty ended up attending Southwestern University in Kansas to get her teaching certificate. She was a freshman when she met Alan Gore, who was a graduate student and was working as a teacher's assistant. Yeah. Now, they didn't date while she was in his class, but started dating when she was no longer his student. Okay. Um, People could understand why Alan fell for Betty, but not why Betty fell for Alan. Not a good looking dude. He was described as stern and snobbish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also... Snobbish. Also not a good looking dude. Yeah. That's why I kind of figured. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, So they got married on January 25th of 1970. From there, they moved north so Alan could finish his master's at Kansas State University. God, everyone in their master's. I know, you fuckers. What the fuck? Well, that's when houses were like $12. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. True. You could afford that shit. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Three months after graduation, they moved to New Mexico so Alan could take a job as an, uh, excuse me, at an electrics 
company, electronics company, Jesus. <laughs> well, Betty continued school. Um, this job meant a lot of business trips, including a six-week-long trip that Betty was super upset about. She did not like being alone. Yeah. Um, she would get, I mean, they didn't diagnose it then, but she would end up getting severe anxiety when yeah. he left. Well, I, I get anxiety when yeah. you leave. Um, the first business trip that he went on, the six-week-long trip, she ended up having uh, a one-night stand with a classmate. Oh, fuck. Now... When he got home, she immediately confessed. Really? That it immediately confessed. No shit. And they moved on. Right. So, in the spring of 1973, Betty graduated from New Mexico State University. Betty and Alan then moved to Richardson, Texas, so Alan could take a job at Collins Radio, which soon became Rockwell International after a merger. Hmm. Um, Betty sold Avon while working as an elementary school teacher. Avon's calling. And in July of 1974, their first daughter, I believe, it's pronounced different ways and different things. I believed yeah. it's Alicia or Elisa. Mm-hmm. It's A-L-I-S-A. So that's Elisa, right? That's what I would say? Yeah, okay. that's, yeah. Yeah, because Alicia sure. is a C. Right. So it's an S. Yeah. All right, we'll go with Elisa. Uh, in September of 1974, so just two months after she had the baby, she got a job um, as a second grade teacher. Now, Betty struggled after um, Elisa's birth. She would end up being diagnosed with postpartum, oh, yeah. which I think had other things with it. Like I, she obviously had severe anxiety, but yeah. you just you didn't talk about it then. No, you didn't. You know, it wasn't a thing. I'm surprised that even then, I'm surprised she was diagnosed with postpartum. Yeah, because it was just a you it wasn't suck a thing. the fuck up. Yeah. Like you know. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. You had a baby. You're not, you're, you're fine. You are not fine. Right. Um, so she ended up also getting diagnosed with several other illnesses and just kind of issues. Um, Ooh, not good. Alan continued to travel a lot for work in addition to working 55 hour weeks. Ooh. Now. Sounds like you. Yeah. Sounds like you four years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now. Right? Betty never got used to it. Um. And she also had some struggles with aggressive kids at her school. Yeah. She said the dynamic of the school and the kids were just different than what she had dealt with in the past. And she she was having a hard time with the way that some of these kids treated her, which is uh, boggles my mind because second fucking grade. Yeah. I thought we beat our kids in the 70s. Did Uh, we not? Right. Uh, I thought so. I thought so too. Uh. So... In February of 1977, Alan ended up getting a new position within his company because it required less travel. So mm. he was, that's like the only thing he did yeah. to help her. Oh, good yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Two months Golf later, clap. yeah, Betty and Alan bought a house in Wiley, Texas. Betty got a new job teaching fifth grade now, and the family started attending. Even worse. I know. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, they also started attending the United Methodist Church in Lucas, Texas. Hmm. Now, both the Gores and Montgomerys were very active within the church. Both couples sang in the choir, and Alan and Betty were on the church volleyball team. Um, Betty would express being exhausted and keep, you know, with keeping house and working, but felt overwhelming guilt for saying that she was exhausted. Yeah. And wanting help, because you just didn't then. Right. You figured it out. Right. So she's tired and can't say that she's 
fucking tired. Yeah. You know? So this was really during a time, like we said, when postpartum wasn't openly talked about. And the roles of husband and wife were very clearly defined. Mm -hmm. Which she kind of got the raw end of the fucking stick. Because it's clearly defined as the men are the older of the two and they're the breadwinner. Oh, yeah. And the wives are the younger of the two and they keep house. Yeah. But Betty's working full time. Yeah. With fucking kids. Yeah, with kids. Ugh. Yeah. Ooh. Couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. So, <laughs> she she was having a hard time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I get it. No. Okay. I um I have questions. Okay. Okay. You went to church as a kid. Um, Catholic church. So churches have sports teams? Yes. Okay. Are you playing other churches? Yes. Is there a championship? Yes. But my grade school, we had a basketball team. But like, you had it for school. It, it was for the school. This is for the church. Yeah. Churches have their own leagues. So you play other churches? You play other churches. Okay. Yeah. Does the trophy have Jesus on it? It should. Okay. It should have, like, the manger and baby Jesus. Are you being a smartass, or does the trophy really have that on there? <laughs> no, I don't know what it has. Damn it. <laughs> I'm just saying it should. I literally wrote, I have questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, because if anybody was going to join a church volleyball team, it would be your mom. <laughs> right. It would. <laughs> I can picture it, her trying to play volleyball, all four pounds of her. Now, I could be wrong, but usually the church leagues are like the non-Catholics. Because when I was younger, like it it was my school, St. Michael's. Right. And we played other Catholic schools. And you had school, but you were school teams. This It, is, it yeah. was school teams. But we yeah. never played like St. Mark's Lutheran yeah, Church. Yeah. Like it was St. Mark's well, Catholic. Everybody knows that the Catholic Church and community is its own fucking entity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, just like football with the high schools out here. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just, man. I was like, huh, they're adults. No, I could be wrong on that. Church. But that that's primarily like how I see it. And okay. that's what I went through. Guys, I need to know. Is there a championship and is Jesus on the trophy? <laughs> Someone help me out with those answers. Right. Okay. So uh, the Gore and Montgomery children went to vacation Bible school together. And Jenny and Elisa ended up becoming BFFs. Now, because of this, the families grew close. But it's said that the only reason the families grew close was because of this. Right. Um, they had sleepovers at each other's houses, you know, back and forth. Both of the women volunteered a significant amount of time at the small family-oriented church. So it was one of those churches that had, like, a giant kitchen and a lunchroom and, you know, you ate lunch after services. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. 
So because of this, the families of the church were almost like their own exclusive social club and yeah. social circle. You know, they only hung out with each other. Yeah, I get it. Um, so Candy was described by another parishioner as everyone's friend. She would be the first to volunteer to throw and organize parties and events, and she taught uh, the vacation Bible school. Mm. Um, but just like she did as a kid, Candy grew bored easily. She didn't mind being a housewife, and she wasn't unhappy per se, but she was bored with her life in general. Yeah. She had started to bring up with other girlfriends having an affair during conversations. Um, Ooh, not good. No. She said that... Um, I don't know what the fuck I wrote there. The? She was trying... Yeah, probably. <laughs> she was trying to spice up her very boring and sexually frustrating life with Pat. Yeah. She told friends, quote, I want fireworks. Yeah. I think everyone does. Um, after a seemingly innocent moment during a church volleyball practice... Ooh. Uh, Candy set her sights on Ellen. Oh. All right, then. Who is... Betty's husband. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this Getting is where my juicy now. I have questions section is. Oh boy. Do all churches have volleyball and sports teams? Yes. What other teams are they playing? Is there a championship? How big is the trophy? And is Jesus on it? That is what I wrote. <laughs> I, I needed to it. know. I um, love it. So during either practice or game, it's got a glow in the dark Virgin Mary. <laughs> dude. <laughs> We should make a trophy like that, like a we French should. trophy. We should. But put the glow in the dark Virgin Mary. Yep. Your sister has one. We should make one for work. Yeah. Oh. We have a... Number one ambulance service. I don't know if anybody even knows this, but there there's a Virgin Mary magnet on the desks. Is there really? Yeah. Uh, a different Craig found it at the dollar store. Yeah. And we've had it up there for probably three years. Oh, uh, I've never seen it. Yeah. You're going to have to show yeah. me. It's, it's That's there. excellent. Yeah. Um, so during a game or a practice, one of the two, um, Candy and Alan collided. Mm -hmm. So they ran into each other. Sure, they did. Yeah, call that motherfucking ball. Get mm -hmm. out of my way. Did they scissor too? No. <laughs> Apparently, Candy thought that Alan, she was attracted by his scent mm. and thought that he smelled sexy. Yeah, it's B.O. Yeah, right, I was going to say. <laughs> You're playing volleyball, it's B.O. Did you run into his armpit? <laughs> <laughs> a hairy I, armpit <laughs> so candy started to fantasize about sleeping with alan um he's not what one would call people's first choice to have an affair with right um he was several years older than her had a receding hairline and a big old pot belly oh yeah so a dad I mean, bod. Dad bod. All yeah. Right, all right. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, they had very similar outgoing personalities, though. On top of the fact that I think it was kind of slim pickings in this town. <laughs> it's a little town, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you gotta make do. Yeah. So after the fateful collision, Candy began to sense that Alan was subtly coming onto her. Also, uh, she felt that they would talk longer than others at church, and he would wink at her. And so, hey, baby, you kind of see what hey, you, boo, yeah, you see what you want, you know. So, a few weeks after the collision, Candy followed Alan to his car after choir practice. She got into the passenger side, told Alan that she was attracted to him, got out, and walked away. Good talk. <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck? What just the fuck? 
What just happened? Good talk. Good talk. What? What? What happened? Good talk. I'll see you out there. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> um, Alan spent the next week constantly thinking about Candy. Um, he was not only thinking about her, but he was comparing her to his wife Betty. Mm. She was petite and blonde and loved by all, and Alan said that he was sexually attracted to her. Um, she was upbeat and outgoing and very social. Betty, on the other hand, hated her job, uh, was still struggling with depression, yeah. and seemed to have a hard time making friends. Which, mm. listen, when you're new... Yeah. In a town or anything? It is hard. You think it's hard being a teenager trying to make friends? Try being right. a fucking adult oh, trying to make friends. It's even harder. Dude. Yeah. Some of these mom circles, mm-hmm. they are brutal. They're tight. They're tight circles. And they're brutal. Yeah. So it's it's hard. Yeah. It's very hard, you know? Eventually, the moms get tired of standing by themselves at practice, and that's how you become friends. But, like, yeah. it's tough. Um. He also felt that she was needy, and he was growing irritated with the neediness when he had to go out of town. Like, she wasn't happy. She was very upset every time he would leave. And instead of being like, I'm sorry, maybe something is wrong, because this is a little bit much that you are this upset that I'm leaving. Yeah. He was just like, well, you're bothering me. Yeah. Meh. You're bothering me. Meh. Yeah. Mm. Um, Sex with Betty had also become routine and mechanical. They were attempting to get pregnant with their second child, but Betty was trying to plan it around the school schedule so she could have the baby in the summer and not have to take any time off of work. Yeah. Um, Now that she was pregnant, sex went from routine to almost non-existent. Yeah. Um, Betty was raised in a household where sex was considered dirty and faux pas and was only needed... Filthy. For, Filthy yeah, dirty. Yes. And was only needed for making babies. Making babies. So... No playing around. You make a baby, you You move. make a baby. Uh, a week after Candy confessed her attraction to Alan, the pair met up again in the parking lot after a volleyball game. This time, Alan came to Candy's car in the church parking lot. Candy flat out said she wanted to have an affair. Um, hey, no. Alan was flattered but taken aback. And yeah. he told Candy that he loved Betty too much and couldn't cheat on his now pregnant wife. Yeah. So they left it at that. Mm. That didn't fucking last long. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, at some point over the next two to three weeks, Alan must have changed his mind. Oh, yeah. That yep. didn't take long at all. This, this, this chick is going to take her fucking pants off for me. <laughs> You're right. All right. All right. Game on. So he called Candy on her 29th birthday and asked her to meet him in McKinney at an auto repair shop. At this meetup. Romantic. They agreed to have the affair. It was like Ooh. they fucking shook on it. Yeah. The amount of planning that went into this. I don't have this kind of time. <laughs> right. I do not. <laughs> No, there right. were charts and oh, lists. Oh no, no, no! Come on now. Mm. Who the fuck has time for that right. shit? Well, you said that sex with your wife had become routine and mechanical because you were going off of charts to get pregnant. So now you're doing the same thing, <laughs> right? Jesus Christ! So they both agreed that they loved their spouses, and this would be a strictly sexual affair. 
and that if either one of them started showing any emotional attachments, they would end the affair. Mm. They spent weeks going over logistics and rules. Wow. Candy made a detailed why and why not list. Mm. They met several times for secret lunch dates and secret phone calls to iron out the, the you know, logistics. Who has time for this shit? Uh, on top of the fact, you're really building this up. Yeah. One of you better be dipped in gold. Oh, fuck yeah. And no. Right. Yeah, I, mm, mm. Right? Um, so over the course of this time while they're planning it, Alan started becoming concerned about developing feelings. And Candy reassured him. She's like, nope. Yeah. Just, just want to get laid. Yeah, good. That's it. Totally good. Hit it and quit it. Yep. So after weeks, Alan finally was like, okay, are we, are we doing this? Are we not doing this? Yeah. Are we doing this? Are we not doing this? So finally on December 12th, oh my God, I just realized it was yesterday. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, on December 12th, 1978, the pair met at the Continental Inn in Richardson, Texas. Sounds sexy. Uh, it was close to Richard's office and he got a two hour lunch break. All right. Whoa, what? I can't what? wipe my ass without someone screaming through the door. Right. And that's how, like, seriously, that's how much of a family we are at work. Like, someone will be in the bathroom and someone else will, will be like, scream. all right, I'm heading out now. And right. we're like, bye, I'm in the bathroom. Yeah. I, mm, wow. I was afraid Tony was going to pass out one day. I oh, was really? like, you need to leave the door cracked in case I have to get in there. <laughs> yeah. And he's like... All right, I'll do it, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if you don't leave the door cracked, I'm going to have to tell somebody to get in there if you hit the ground. Yeah. He had just had surgery. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, push. please just leave the door open in case I have to get in there. Yeah. I'm like, you're going to vagal yourself out. I was very concerned about Tony. I was. He did not pass Why out. Why don't you explain what vagal is? Oh, so that feeling you get when you push too hard to poop. And you see stars and, yeah. you know, so you're stimulating your vagus nerve. Mm. So that's why women know this. That's why pregnancy, you push laying flat on your back so you don't stimulate your vagus nerve and pass out mid-push oh. because you are pushing with the same muscles. Yeah. But when you go to poop too hard and you start seeing stars and you're like, Ooh. You're pushing your, your, yeah. your nerve. You're going to give yourself hemorrhoids and pass out. Mm -hmm. Good explanation. There you go. Thank you, baby. Um, also, if you ever go into SVT, which is supraventricular tachycardia, so if your heart rate goes to like 140 plus, mm -hmm. you do what's called a vasal vagal, vasal vagal maneuver. You bear down like you're going to shit. Oh, really? And it, it, slows, it should slow it down. Yeah. No shit. Yep. Uh, pun intended. Yep. Yeah. You, you have to, you tell people when you're trying to get them to bear down you know yeah you bear down like you're about to poop wow i did not know that mm -hmm. that's interesting so smart god you're a genius mm. you're a good paramedic i i can fix dead people but that's about it right yeah like i can't <laughs> i can't fix much more than that no um that's still good it's the, one up on me dude the worst thing i ever heard as a paramedic was my daughter Asking me why I could fix people, but I couldn't fix Tucker. Yeah. I was like, Ugh. Yeah. just fucking shank me. Tucker the dog. My, my Tucker butt. Yeah. So while Candy had been with other men besides her husband, Pat, or yeah, Pat, 
uh, Alan had only ever been with Betty. So they spent weeks planning this. Yeah. And he had never, I hate the term, French kissed. Uh, why did well, they call well, it well, that? Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, he was very inexperienced and had never even kissed his wife and slipped her the tongue. What? What are they, pecking on the cheek? I don't know. Sex was for making babies. So there probably wasn't even any kissing. Yeah. You ain't pretty woman. Right. That was her rule, remember? No kissing on the mouth. No. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah, no kissing on the mouth. Oh. There you go. I'm like a movie fanatic yeah, now, too. Yeah, you are. Fuck you. Jeez, look at you. Mm, mm. So, she thought he had promise that mm. she could teach him things. Oh, isn't that special? Again, I don't have that kind of time. No, fuck that. No. Yeah. <sighs> So, they then decided to start meeting at the Como Hotel. Um, she liked the seedy aspect of the motel, and it, it felt more like, ooh, we're doing something wrong. Ooh. He liked the fact that it was $3 cheaper. <laughs> That's such a guy. Yeah. Such a guy for We you. drove past it. You could see the sign from the highway. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I fucking love Texas. Texas is, dude, it's so amazing. What? Hang on. I can't, like, that's pause okay. it. No, that's like, okay. You, okay. you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, sorry, there's a long pause in there. I apologize. Yeah, um, I, and I had my shades on, so sorry. I couldn't hit the pause button. Um, A, a co-worker was on his way to work and had to turn around some sort of family emergency and he texted me back and all i saw was cars totaled side bags came out so i was like shit everybody's fine yeah everyone's good everyone's so good. we're um, good but yeah i'm i sorry. couldn't pause it i had my, my I, yeah, I got no. my sunglasses on so i I was so like, Jesus that Christ. was an awkward pause. I just sent <laughs> this same fucking text to seven people on monday like <laughs> right. fuck all right, so oh, we got an awkward pause in there. Oh, sorry. Well. So they ended up meeting every other week. Um, this fucking woman would bring lunch, and well, not like not, that's nice of her. No, not like I will grab you a whopper on the way there. She was making like three and four course homemade meals. Now that's a woman for you. So she's cooking Heck yeah, man. homemade food and like homemade cheesecake. Heck yeah. She gets maybe a solid three minutes out of the one pump chump. <laughs> uh, and she's got to cook? What? Dude, that's hell yeah. How the fuck is she winning out of this? This that's guy bullshit. Is, this guy's got it made in the right? shade. The other thing too. So they would eat lunch. And then they would have sex. Oh, I, I can't do that. Can't, it's all jiggling in your yeah, belly. Yeah, I can't and it, do like that. And like I said, it's not like it's just a quick whopper. Unless like, it's like soup or something. No, it, that's what I'm saying. It's like four course meals. Yeah, I, I can't fucking do nap that. after that. Yeah, there's no way. Jiggling shit around? No. Ooh, it's like a bad kernel. I'm fry. already jiggling I'm, enough. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> Jiggle lasagna. <laughs> and then they would shower and talk about life. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that special? What are you talking about? <laughs> Stuff. 
dark. So they both felt it was easier to talk to each other than their respective spouses. Um, the sex didn't get any better, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Candy would pick everything and plan everything. Um, and they started to grow close. They were looking forward more to the conversations than the sex. Probably because it was fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, they started exchanging. But it's getting emotional now. Yes, yes. So they started exchanging small gifts and cards. Yeah. She would leave little things on his car um, on weeks that they didn't meet up, and he would leave letters. Mm. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's getting emotional now. No, we're not just taking our pants off. Mm-mm. So in February of 1979, Candy confessed to Alan that she was developing feelings. She said that because of this, they needed to stop sleeping together before it went too far. Yeah, it's already too far. And Alan, who's getting laid every other week, was like, no, 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 wait, 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 we got this. Yeah. I got a handle on this. Mm -hmm. There's no feelings. We're good. We're good. There's no reason to stop. Yeah. And she was like, okay. So this dipshit didn't think that anything was abnormal about what they were doing. Yeah. He didn't think it would bother their spouses, and he really didn't think that they were <laughs> doing anything wrong. Right. Um, he maintained a friendship with Pat, and Candy maintained her friendship with Betty. Wow. Which were weird. That is weird. Um, Things at home with Betty, he felt, stayed the same. Mm -hmm. He truly did not think that anything bad could or would come of the situation. Yeah. Um, Alan's only real concern at this point was Betty going into labor while he was with Candy. Oh, yeah. 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 Dick face. Yikes. So Candy felt some guilt about cheating on Pat. But she never felt any guilt towards Betty or acted differently around her. Um, because of the girls, they saw each other frequently. Mm-hmm. Like several times a week frequently. Yeah. Um, the closer Betty got to her due date, the more Alan worried. So he decided to tell Candy that they needed to take a break. Yeah. Smart. Candy would say that she was actually relieved. Um, the sex never got any better and she was tired of cooking and having to leave little <laughs> gifts for Alan that he had come to expect. Yeah. There you go. Right. There's the normalcy yep. right there. Mm-hmm. So on Ju- uh, in June of 1979, Candy threw Betty a surprise baby shower. Oh. Jesus Christ. What? Nothing. Just she threw her a fucking baby shower. Yeah. Um. And then she allowed people at the church to host a second baby shower at her home. Wow. Ma'am. What you doing? Yeah. What's that about? That's weird. Yeah. Uh, In July of 1979, Betty gives birth to their second daughter, Bethany. Um, Alan waited about two whole weeks before resuming his affair with Candy. Uh, that wasn't long. Yeah. It wasn't the same, though. Um, they both would say that it wasn't as effortless. Um, and Candy had no concerns about Pat still, but for some reason, Alan was concerned that the affair was affecting the relationship with his wife. <laughs> oh, my God. You should have been a detective, Alan. Right. You should have been a detective. <laughs> uh, so he had become uninterested in sex with Betty 
um, and was at one point concerned that he may not love her anymore. Mm. Now, Betty at first didn't seem to notice anything wrong up until this point. Yeah. Um, the week after Bethany's birth, Betty felt that her and Alan were closer than they had ever been, which gave them both some hope for their marriage. However, it didn't last long. There was a night shortly after the birth that Betty attempted to initiate sex with Alan. Yeah. She had never done this. Yeah. She was raised that sex was dirty and you right. didn't do it. Filthy. Right. So Alan, however, had spent the afternoon with Candy and was too tired to, quote, do it again. Yeah. It's so most he, guys. <laughs> he rejected Betty. Ooh. So the one and only time that she tries to initiate it. Yeah, you can't re- do that. He rejects her. You can't do that. You know that she's never initiated it before. Right. I'm sorry, Mr. I can't slip anybody the tongue. You couldn't whip it out for three minutes? <laughs> right. The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, you are not some fucking rock star, clearly. No, no. You couldn't, just the tip, something? Uh, just the tip. Dick. Just the tip, that's all it would have taken. Like- she was humiliated by oh, this. Humiliated. Fuck. Yeah. And felt that he didn't love her anymore. So she started to complain of random ailments and was prescribed painkillers to help her nerves. Mm-hmm. Poor thing. Yeah. Um, Alan would then say that he felt that all of her ailments were her being stressed out. <sighs> okay. Hey, dick face. Yeah. That's you. That's your fault. Yeah. A hundred percent your fault. Hey, dummy. You don't feed the babies. You don't make bottles. You don't do shit. You couldn't stick it in for two seconds when she wanted to have sex. Like Not even the tip. You are the fucking problem. Right. Now, in the middle of this, too, they take in three foster kids. Are you serious? Three separate foster kids. Get out of here. Just short-term placements. Yeah. Um, Betty, at one point, she asked for a girl because she had the girls, you know. Yeah. And then they end up getting this eight-year-old boy who was just huge behavioral problem. Yeah. And Betty was like, I I cannot do, I can't do it. Right. I cannot do this. He didn't fucking help her at all. He didn't what help a, at all. What a fucking yeah. asshole. So. What a poop shoot. Yeah. So between, um, between all that, she then finds a lump in her breast. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. So not wanting to freak out her husband, Mm -hmm. she calls her best friend Candy. (sighs) And Candy comes over and comforts her and the two cry together. Yeah. Fucking poor Betty. Dude. So now she's she's desperate at this point to fix her marriage. Um, Alan had previously mentioned a, a marriage retreat that their church put on and it was called Marriage Encounter. Um, Alan had suggested it before, um, after he had seen that it really helped a couple of the couples at church. Yeah. And Betty was always like, no, 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 no. This time she was like, well, let's, let's Let's do it. Let's try it. Yeah. So one of the main focuses of the three day trip was complete honesty about feelings and not having secrets with your spouse. Both felt that during that trip, they were more open than they had been with each other their entire marriage. Um, except for that whole affair thing. Right. Yeah, he didn't bring that up. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you're there. Yeah. But. Nah. Well, we'll forget about about that. that. Yeah. Mm -mm. No, we won't talk about it. Um, Alan ended up calling off the affair. Okay. Um, in November of 1979, he felt guilty, um, and was 
starting to feel that Candy was very needy and didn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so Candy was not happy. She said she didn't think that she could handle not seeing him. And whether it was openly expressed before or not, Alan and Candy had become dependent on each other, and Alan or Candy was in love with Alan. Well. Um, they debated this for a while, and it was officially called off shortly after. Um, Alan learned at the marriage retreat to write love letters to your spouse. Ooh, that's a good idea. So he wrote one to Candy. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> What an ass face. Uh, It was a brief overview of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Summary, you know, ending paragraph. Yeah, right. Um, Then goodbye and signed his name. Mm. Um, Candy's like, all right, cool. Well, I'll get someone else to take their fucking pants off. Um, (laughs) She started going out with her friend Sherry when their husbands were out of town. They would go dancing weekly at the Currency Club, which was in the basement of the Marriott. Ooh, sounds fancy. They would flirt and dance, but that's about it. Um, Until she met a man named Richard at a party. Oh, Richard. He asked for her number. She gave it to him immediately. They ended up meeting for breakfast at the Marriott. And he's like, hey, want to go upstairs? So she's like, fuck yeah, I do. So they go upstairs and have sex. Uh, After that, they started regularly meeting at a friend's apartment in North Dallas. Yeah. They also spent a significant amount of time together, not banging. Uh, They went Christmas shopping together. Like, he took a picture of her with Santa. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. And it's, again, sounds like it. this lasted months and months, and it was... Emotional. It was a couple weeks. Really? Yeah. So, wow. Candy said that Richard was emotional and needy, and he wanted more than Alan wanted. Yeah. He would promise to make her happier than Pat if she would marry him, and he would get, like, uber pissed if she canceled on him. Mm. Um, she quickly got irritated and broke it off after a couple weeks. Wow. Yeah. Um, he got angry and, like, spam called her house. Yeah. I guess that's all you could do then. I, I was going to say, like, in the 70s, I think that's what else all you could do. Right. Yeah. Call that avocado phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, he finally got the hint and left her alone. So, in an effort, though, to rekindle things with Pat, um, she suggested that they go to the marriage retreat. Um, you know, she was having these affairs, and she didn't know why. She would say she didn't know what she was looking for. Yeah. She would start it, and when the sex would become routine, she would end it. But it's not even what she wanted. Like, she didn't want the sex part so much. Yeah. It seemed like. so. She wants the emotional yeah. part. So, Candy and Pat went to the retreat, and initially they were, like, making fun of it. Really? You know, they were, like, making fun of the other couples. And yeah. They stuck to a few things for a couple weeks, but then they're like, no, we're talking more. So, they kind of just brushed it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she's trying to occupy her time. She ends up taking an advanced English class. And a painting class. Um, she would try to read poetry to Pat, and he just he showed no interest in what she was doing. Yeah. Um, and then with this painting class, though, she started a small business with her friend Sherry, painting. Who and... was the teacher? Bob Ross. <laughs> Dude, that would have been fucking. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Oh fuck. Um. So she was painting and wallpapering houses. Uh, Betty and Alan continued what they learned at the marriage encounter, and were doing quite well. 
Um, at one point, they invited Candy and Pat over for dinner in like early 1980. Mm-hmm. And Candy was like, do I go? Do I not go? Do I go? So she met with Alan to discuss it with him. Of course. Yeah. Ma'am, you, do, you don't go. Right. You don't. Right. You say, no, thank you. No, thanks. No, thank you. And move on. Um, now, Alan had, um, after the dinner, Alan sent a card to her. And he had given her several cards throughout their relationship. Now, in the spring of 1980, Pat found a letter from Alan to Candy, dated for October of 1979, and it talked about the Como and Alan being sad about the affair ending. Um, but what really got to Pat was Alan was talking about how him and Candy would exchange the love is things from yeah. the... Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So that had been their thing for like 10 years. Oh, dude. So now like she's exchanging it with her Tuesday oh, afternoon fuck. special. and Yeah. So he responded to finding the letter, though, by writing his own letter. Um, he gave Candy the letter and roses and said that he felt guilty and responsible and that maybe she wouldn't have felt the need to step out if he'd been more attentive and interested. Yeah. I don't think that would have helped Pat. No. No. I don't think so either. Um, Candy told Alan immediately after that Pat knew mm-hmm. and everybody just kind of seemed to move on. Mm. Again, the family saw each other frequently because the girls were, were still very close. Yeah. You know. So, on Friday, June 13th of 1980, Friday the 13th, which, by the way, bad juju. the first edition of Friday the 13th had been released uh, a couple weeks prior to this. Oh, really? Yeah. And The Shining had been released that weekend. Oh, no kidding. The weekend before, yeah. So, um, Alan was scheduled for a business trip to St. Paul, Minnesota. He went to the office for a bit before the airport, um, and he knew... Betty was nervous about being alone, so he tried to check in with her throughout the day. Now, it seemed that this trip she was especially nervous because she was two weeks late for her period and feared that she was pregnant again. Oh, yeah. So soon, because the baby's only 11 months old. Right. So they kind of got into an argument about it, and he was was just checking on her, making sure she was okay. Yeah. Um... Elisa had spent the night at the Montgomery's the night before and wanted to stay again. So Candy left Vacation Bible School to go to Betty's house to get Elisa's swimsuit for swim lessons and to ask if she could, you know, spend the night again. Right. So Candy got there around 10 a.m. and talked with Betty. Somehow the affair got brought up. Ooh. Awkward. Hmm. Uh... Candy said that she left after that. She went to Target to buy cards. Yeah. Because it was Father's Day weekend also. Target was around back That's then? just in the South. And I don't think really? it was. I don't think it was the same Target we have now. I think it okay. was like a, yeah. That was the first thing I fucking thought. Yeah. I was like, oh. What? Holy shit. Yeah. So around 11, uh, a five-year-old neighbor by the name of Tina saw Candy leave and she knew who Candy was from church and came to see that if Elisa could come play. Now, she was a little disappointed when nobody answered the door. She knew that somebody was home because she could hear the baby crying. She Mm -hmm. could hear Bethany crying. Yeah. Um, At noon, uh, a delivery man came to the door and he knocked and also got no answer, but also heard Bethany crying. When Alan got to the airport, he tried calling again, but he got no answer. 
Um, he assumed that she was just busy and he got on the plane. When he landed, he tried again and still didn't get an answer. Yikes. So he calls Candy. Oh, boy. And he's like, have you seen my wife? Because yeah. he knew that, you know, Elisa was with her. They, right. And she said that she saw her earlier picking up um, Elisa's bathing suit, but everything had to be fine, you know. And she offered to go to the house. And Alan's like, no, not yet. Like, we'll give her a little bit. But he called his neighbor uh, by the name of Richard Parker to go to the house and check on her. Oh, Richard. Oh, Richard. Now, Richard then called two other neighbors, Jerry McMahon and Lester Gayer. You poor man. Oh, man. His childhood must have been You poor man. Did your parents look at you at birth and go, we hate you already? Right. So, um... Richard called Alan back and said, listen, like both cars are in the driveway, but nobody's answering the door. Yeah. And told Alan flat out, like, something's wrong. Yeah. I know something's wrong. So Alan told Richard to get into the house by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. Now, Richard had actually been their real estate agent and had sold them the house. Yeah. And thought he might still have a key. This is why when you move into a new home, you immediately change all the fucking locks. Yes. Which is what we did. Yes. Um, so he went and grabbed his key ring, you know. They couldn't find the key. They ended up searching around the house, trying all the doors and windows, and finally found that the front door was unlocked. Ooh. Why was that the last door you checked? Yeah. I'm not judging because you know. I'm, yeah, I'm not judging either, but I am judging. I guess they just assumed it would be locked. But a window would be open for you to get it, you know? So um, they entered the phone, or phone. They entered the home (laughs) calling for Betty. Um, Jerry looked in the bathroom and saw a large stain in the bathroom. And at this point, they can all smell something, too. They don't know what they're smelling, but they're smelling something. Um, They then found Bethany alone in her crib. She was soiled covered in filth her face was swollen and red because she had been crying for hours poor girl hours so these men go into dad mode yeah immediately and richard grabs the baby and runs her over to his wife Mm -hmm. and he's like take care of her take care of her i have to i have to call the police so while he's doing this lester and jerry continued to search the home um Noticing, again, that strange smell that they just can't find. Yeah. So they finally come to the laundry room. Now, Lester ended up looking in the laundry room and he saw a, quote, thick, congealed, reddish-brown ocean of blood glistening on the tile. Oh. It was very descriptive. That Lester. very descriptive. Um, This ocean of blood led right to Betty's body. Mm-hmm. So now the laundry room is tiny. It's 12 by 6. Yeah. It's got a washer and dryer in it, a freezer, kids' toys, a a toilet for potty training, and dog food dishes. Yeah. Um, There was so much blood, they thought that she was shot. They thought she shot herself. Yeah. So she was found um, lying on her back Mm -hmm. with her legs out in front of her. With her lips parted, making it look like almost like she was grinning. Oh um, my God. Her hair was tangled and soaked. Yeah. Her left eye was wide open and her right eye was gone. Oh, wow. There were gaping wounds to her arms 
and it appeared as if the entire right side of her face was gone. Holy shit. So that's why they thought she, she was shot, shot herself. Yeah. You know? Damn. Um, a few feet from Betty, though, um, the wooded handle of a heavy three-foot axe could be seen. Oh, Jesus. An axe. That dude. A fucking axe. Holy okay? fuck. Yeah. So police found blood on the bathroom wall and drain, suggesting that the killer cleaned themselves before they left. Yeah. They also found a bloody shoe print um, that was small, which to them suggested that the killer was either a female or a child. Yeah. Um, they found 175, I think, hairs in the shower. Um, and all but four were Betty's and two were animal and two were unidentified. Yeah. They found a fingernail in the living room. Jesus. And a, a, like the lens of a, a pair of sunglasses. Okay. Okay. Um, it also appeared that the killer had attempted to clean and realized that they just weren't going to be able to. Yeah. So they that's stopped. That's a bit much. Yeah. Um, Alan called when the men were still in the house. And Jerry said, you know, dude, she's been, she's been shot. Mm -hmm. That's what they thought. He hung up. And again, the first person he called was Candy. Oh my God. And asked her if she could keep Elisa and said that Betty had been shot. Yeah. Because that's what he thought. Yeah. This was the first murder in Wiley County in 25 years holy fuck now one one source said 25 years another source said as far back as they could remember no shit yeah so like these guys were not um like they weren't going to be ready for this right so collin county sheriffs were on the scene and knew they weren't going to be able to handle it on their own so they ended up calling out um a medical examiner to the scene um and this medical examiner was very experienced he had uh, been involved in multiple famous cases i guess yeah <clears throat> and he ended up processing the scene until six in the morning holy and fuck. it usually wasn't him processing it he usually had people doing it for him yeah. but because of the extent of it that's pretty yeah. crazy so once he got there, he figured out pretty quickly that uh, Betty had, in fact, not been shot, but she had been attacked with an axe. Jesus. An axe. Dude. She had been hit with the axe 41 times. That is fucking personal. He also determined that she was physically alive for 40 of them. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. That's terrible. 28 of the blows were to her head and face. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You ever swung an axe? Yeah. Oh. How the fuck? Yeah. Dude, that's insane. Mm-hmm. So, nobody knows what the fuck's happening. Mm-hmm. The cops are like, well, uh, we don't think that there's somebody running around killing people with an axe. Right. Um... They first thought leaving maybe, the murder right, weapon behind. Right. They thought maybe the axe was used because the shining had just come out. Yeah. Um, they also thought maybe the motive was because it was Friday the thirteenth, mm-hmm. because you know, it was Friday the thirteenth. Right. So, um, <clears throat> they don't know. They don't know what's going on. 
they find out from Alan that Candy was probably the last person to see her when she said she came to the house to get the swimsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, questioning Alan, they ask immediately about affairs. Yeah. Was she having an affair? Were you having an affair? Blah, 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 blah. No. Denied everything. Of course not. And then said, well, Candy probably saw her, you know. Mm-hmm. So they questioned Candy. Yeah. And she had come up with this just this is my story and I'm sticking to it. Mm-hmm. She left to go get Elisa's bathing suit. The two women talked. She left the house. She went to Target to get cards. She was going to go back to vacation Bible school and realized at some point that her watch died and she was late. Good story. Yeah. Um, and she, she stuck to it. So they let her go. Okay. So now Alan is starting to go, okay, well, she was the last person who saw her. Like, did she fucking do this? Yeah. Did she do this? So he starts thinking, I don't, I got to figure this out. He actually goes back to the police on his own accord and admits to the affair with Candy. Yeah. And is like, I don't know if she did it. I don't know. We parted on good terms. We would still see each other, but she was in the house. Yeah. So <clears throat> they end up questioning Pat at his house. Yeah. And, or excuse me, questioning Alan. Right, and right. And Betty's right there because she's at the house all the time now. Yeah. She's part of the meal train and she goes to the services and she's like, you know, hanging out with Pat, with Alan the whole time. And Right. So finally, they're, finally the cops just look at Alan and they're like, did you fucking do it? Yeah. And she stops them and says, he didn't do it. And they said, well, how do you know that? And she yeah. said, because I did. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Mind blown. Mm-hmm. So she says now that she goes to the house to get Elisa's bathing suit. Mm-hmm. And Betty very calmly looked at her and said, are you fucking my husband? Whoa. A tussle ensued. And Betty came at her with the axe. She then took the axe away and essentially beat Betty to death with the axe in self-defense. Dude. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mind blown. Mm-hmm. So she ended up being arrested um, on, shit, the 26th, I believe. Um and they were trying to figure out if Alan had anything to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, polygraphs at the time were huge. Oh, big. That, that's huge. what they depended on. Yes. Um, she refused a polygraph right away, but everybody else took one. Yeah. Um, you know, she cut up her shoes. Yeah. She ended up cutting her toe, like, really fucking bad. Really? Um, and the jailers noticed, it was June 27th, excuse me. When she was arrested and she was changing, you know, yeah. the jailers noticed that she was covered in bruises on, like, the back of her legs. Yeah. And she had cuts on her. Well, she was swinging the axe and kept hitting in the back of her leg. You're shaking Sorry. the mics. Um, she kept hitting the back of her leg with the, with the axe. Wow. Now, another thing that creeped me the fuck out was before they actually arrested her, Pat's like, did my wife do this? Could yeah. she actually do this? Mm-hmm. So he went outside with an axe to see how long it would take him 
to make 41 swings. How long did it take he him? He said it took him over three minutes and his arms were jello and he has no idea how his wife did it. Dude, this chick had, she knew mm-hmm. what the fuck she mm-hmm. wanted done. Mm-hmm. She, she knew. Now, the police feel at this point, they don't think it was premeditated because of the fury of it. And the, right. you know, the, right. she and, just exploded. And the weapon, yeah. you know, um, the theory is that, yes, she just exploded. Betty and Alan were doing great. Mm-hmm. Their relationship was back on track. Their marriage was back on track. They were planning a trip to Europe. Oh, wow. Which was huge because, you know, but, or Candy would always get bored and she wanted this exciting life and this vacation. And they went to the marriage retreat in a, you know, and that was their second honeymoon. Right. While Betty and, and Alan are having this great relationship and get to go to Europe. and Right. They think that, um, they theorized that Candy found out that Betty was pregnant again, which she was not, but mm-hmm. they think that Candy thought she was pregnant again Yeah, and lost her shit. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that. As soon as Betty was like, are you fucking my husband? Right, right. So. Wow. They think also that Betty was struck from behind. The first time. The first blow was to the head from behind. Yeah. And maybe hit like her shoulder to kind of knock her enough to turn her. Yeah. Now, Betty had defensive wounds. Mm-hmm. But it was hard to tell the difference between the defensive wounds and the actual like. Oh, yeah. Axe blows. Yeah. So. um. So she's arrested and they go to court. Mm-hmm. Um, after an eight day trial. The jury determined that she had acted in self-defense. What? And Betty was the one who initiated the physical altercation. Wow. I just got chills. Holy shit. She was fucking acquitted. Dude. Do you want to know why? They got a psychiatrist to get on the stand and said that he hypnotized her to recall the details of the murder. Yeah. And that. She had a essentially a, a psychotic break after being reminded of a past traumatic incident. What? He said that what? during the conversation with Betty, yeah, Betty shushed Candy like her mom had shushed her yeah. in the emergency room when she was a child, and this caused her that to have, set her off. This caused her to have a psychotic break. Dude, that's insane. That's insane. What? I I mean, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That many times, that's personal. Mm-hmm. That I, I'm sorry, but that's not self-defense. That's going above and beyond. Right. Now, a big thing that the jury just focused on was after the arrest, now she would take a polygraph. Mm-hmm. She said that she was confronted about the affair and that Betty came after her with the axe and she got the axe away from her and that's when she struck her. She passed the polygraph. What? Of course she did. Because she's a fucking psychopath. Exactly. She's a sociopath. Of course she's going to pass it. And Mm -hmm. she's admitting to it. Mm -hmm. So of course she's going to pass. Oh my God, this is crazy. Nine women, 
Nine women. Wow. And three men found her not guilty. Wow. Mind, nine women. Mind blown. Nine women. That's crazy. I, I was shocked when I found out about the jury because I'm like, Broads found her not yeah. guilty? What? That's insane, so, dude. So, oh, here's, here's the worst part. Like, I guess not the worst part, but, you know. So, Alan stayed with her. He didn't leave her. Okay. Um, He stayed and, or excuse me, Pat stayed with her. Alan would go on to remarry yeah. relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. And his wife would punish the girls, yeah. his two daughters. If they didn't do something they were supposed to do or they pissed her off, she would make them read a book about Betty's murder. What? Graphic. How fucking terrible is that? Details. She would make them read. That's fucking terrible. Isn't that disgusting? Dude, what? Yeah. Oh my God. This whole fucking thing is just backwards. Yeah. So they, her and Pat end up staying together. Um, Excuse me. They end up moving. You know, they stay in the town for a little bit, but then it's like, uh, I think we've done our time here. Yeah, it's you time think? to go. Yeah. Yeah. You Little should. too much has yeah. happened here. People probably still are like, cool. You, um, <laughs> right. you murder people, but you just don't murder people. Right. Like you're an axe murder. You're, you're literally an axe murder. Right. Yeah. So they end up moving to Georgia. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They stay together for a little while. They try to move on. They can't. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they end up getting divorced. They separate, whatnot. And Betty moves again. Um, or excuse me, Candy moves again. You're and struggling with names today. I am. Um, Candy changed her name back to Wheeler, which was her maiden name after yeah. the divorce. She moved to Georgia in a different spot of Georgia. Yeah, I was going to say, hey. And became certified as a mental health counselor. What? Oh my, babe, you're killing me with this case. You are killing me. She works as a mental health counselor with her daughter. Still to this day? Still. Un-fucking-believable. Works as a mental health counselor. Down in Georgia? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, Ma'am, you said you had a psychotic break from being shushed. Yeah. Uh, and you're walking people through their psychotic breaks? Yeah. What sense does that make? I- what place what? in their right mind would fucking hire her? What? Dude, that's insane. Do you tell your patients, like, okay, I know you're angry. I get it. Just <laughs> find something and it. hit it. Yeah, Just I get it. it. Find an axe and kill someone. What the fuck? Dude, that's... Can you imagine that? You're going to therapy and you're like, nah, maybe it's working, maybe it's not. And then you're like, huh, maybe it's not working because my therapist is a sociopath. Is it, right. Hmm. Oh, that's crazy. She's a fucking mental health counselor. That's, I, I don't even know what to say to that. I still cannot believe that nine women acquitted her. Yeah. But the biggest thing was the polygraph. She passed a polygraph that said she was attacked first. Wow. I, I don't even know what to say. 
she admitted mm-hmm. to it, so she's gonna pass. Mm-hmm. But she she passed, saying it was self defense. That's what they focused on. Unfucking. Do real. you think the men were like? Well, we're going to fucking acquit her because clearly she takes her pants off for everybody. Yeah, right. And she doesn't go after the dudes. Right. So we're good. We're good. We are solid. Yeah. And we might get cheesecake out of it. Exactly. Like, cool. Yeah. Not guilty, my dude. Like, Unreal. Unreal. Mm, what a story, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, just a little side note. For the movie that Jessica Biel was in, mm-hmm. she tried to contact Candy. Did she really? Because she played Candy. Yeah. So she tried to contact Candy um, and asked, you know, can can we talk? Can I learn what happened? Like, she wanted to hear how she talks and her mannerisms and stuff like that. And Candy was like, mm, nope. Wow. Nope. Didn't, wow. Didn't talk to her, didn't call her back, said that she was completely not interested. Mm. So Beale ended up meeting with, her attorneys yeah and that's where she got a lot of her information about candy and the makes sense the issue that happened yeah, yeah. it makes sense mm-hmm. yeah wow. candy wanted nothing to fucking do with her what a story babe mm-hmm. what a fucking case mm-hmm. man my mind is blown i still can't believe the acquittal i i th- it just baffles me do you think then when they were like not guilty she was like wait what right huh what? Say what? Huh? Did I hear that? What? Say what? Not fucking guilty. Unreal. Not like a mistrial, hung jury. Not, not fucking guilty. Yeah, that's that baffles she me. Did it though? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for that, babe. Yeah. That was uh, that was a good case. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, whatever platform you listen to us on, hit that five-star liking. Please. Um, our next episode will be a Patreon exclusive. I am Again, so excited. I know, the 27 Club, so sign up. So I'll do little snippets about mm-hmm. some of them. So like I said, I'm going to do the singers. Um, if you get a chance, look up Robert Johnson. Okay. He's the one who... Well, I just hit my head on the That's. Mic. That's where this starts. So I'm going to, okay. I'll do a little snippet on a lot of them, but like Janice Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, yeah, Jim Morrison, Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. So you'll get little snippets on, on all of them. But, but Robert Johnson's story is so fucking cool. That's yeah. I'm so, excited for yeah, it. It's so. going to be a good one. It'll I'm be excited. A, it'll be in a couple days. Yeah. I know you got to research and, and, do a lot of digging. Did you so. know, I thought Heath Ledger was an actor in the 27 Club. He was 28. Oh, was he really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That was such a shame. Yeah, yeah. that was. He was such a fucking awesome Talented actor. actor. Yeah, really was. him as the Joker yeah. was, man, I, I'm getting chills right yeah, now. he was good. So, so hey, um, you know what I found out today? Oh, God. What stay? You know what stays hot in a refrigerator? Hmm. Hot dogs. <laughs> oh my God. I had to, babe. I told um, the fish joke. Yeah. And um, Katie, my girl, yeah. and I died for about thirty-seven minutes. <laughs> it's such a good. Every one. time we that would one stop laughing, 
we would look at each other and start again. And then one of my 12 year old EMTs was like, I don't get it. <laughs> oh my God. Of course. Yeah. You wouldn't just go, go uh, away. Yeah. Sometimes it's the, the laughing of the person telling the joke. Oh yeah, Dude, it is. Danny Asselborn, very good friend of mine who passed. Yeah. He couldn't even get through the first line and would start giggling. Yeah. And you just, you never heard a joke from him. He could never finish it. Yeah, he was such so, a good guy. Rest in peace. Oh, Rip. Danny. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this one. And we will be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.